no doubt what you think of when you hear the word Sabbath is, is probably a result of your upbringing. You were brought up in a Christian family. There may have been rules laid down as to what you could and could not do on a Sunday. Uh, perhaps you were allowed to go swimming in the afternoon. Perhaps you were allowed to throw a baseball in the afternoon. Perhaps you were allowed to do whatever in the afternoon, but perhaps not. Perhaps if you think back in years gone by, but the only thing you were allowed to do on Sunday was go to church and then go home and eat and then take a nap and then go back to church for training union and go back to church for uh, Sunday evening worship. And that was your Sunday. If you weren't brought up in the Christian faith, if you weren't brought up in a Christian home, perhaps even saying that sounds very strange to you today. But maybe even you noticed, if you think back many years ago to how Sunday uh, was a different day. Uh, There was a time when stores were closed on Sundays and things weren't going like they go now on Sundays. I'm sure if we were to bring up some of our senior saints in our uh, body here uh, and ask them to describe Sunday... Uh, 50 years ago, uh, Sunday looked a lot different back then than it does now. I'm not talking about the service here today as much as I'm talking about just life itself. Sunday was different. Well, I, I bring all of that up because today as we continue taking a fresh look at these Ten Commandments, we come to the Fourth Commandment. Uh, the Fourth Commandment says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Now, let's read that commandment. We're in Exodus chapter 20. Your your Bible, maybe it's falling open there by itself already as we're taking these commands one by one. But beginning there at verse number eight, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord, your God. In it, you shall do no work, you nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I need your full attention, especially in the next few minutes. And I'm going to be giving you several passages of Scripture today. And so if you want to just jot the references down, we don't have time for everyone to turn, but I have them here. If you'll just jot the references down, you can go back and study them on your own at your leisure. But we need to establish a few things right up front as we think about this fourth commandment. So I really need you to put your thinking cap on for a moment and tune in. And so we can lay some groundwork here. Let me give you several things here to start off with. Number one. Please understand, we are not worshiping on the Sabbath. This is not the Christian Sabbath. The word Sabbath means rest. Uh, It does not mean Saturday, as it has become to mean to so many people. The Jews did observe the Sabbath on Saturday, uh, the seventh day of the week, but the word itself means rest. So this is not the Christian Sabbath, if you will. We are worshiping on the Lord's day. That term, that phrase, Lord's Day, is actually a biblical term. Uh, John, in Revelation chapter 1, verse 10, was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. This is Sunday. This is the first day of the week. And we need to remember that. Many people think about it as the last day of the weekend, but it's the first day of the week. Now, the question is, why are we worshiping on the Lord's Day on Sunday instead of worshiping on the Sabbath, the seventh day? 
Well, that's a good question. And several reasons why. Number one, because Jesus arose from the dead on the first day of the week. Mark chapter 16, verse 9. Now, when he rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven demons. Mark 16, 9. So Jesus arose from the dead the first day of the week. Secondly, did you know the Great Commission was given on the first day of the week, on that resurrection day? If you go to Matthew chapter 28, verse 1 says this. Now, after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. Drop down to verse 19. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. That's what we're all about, beloved. The Great Commission. And it was given on the first day of the week. The early church met for worship on the first day of the week, the Lord's Day. Acts chapter 20, verse 7. Now, on the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul, ready to depart the next day, spoke to them and continued his message until midnight. Now, listen, you get upset about noon. (laughs) They went till midnight. Now, they met probably later. They probably worked a full day and then they met in the evening. But Acts chapter 20, verse 7, the early church met on the worship for the first day. And then also the church collected its offerings on the first day of the week. 1 Corinthians 16, 2. On the first day of the week, let each one of you lay something aside, storing up as he may prosper, that there be no collections when I come. That is why we're meeting on Sunday rather than on Saturday. That's why we're meeting on the Lord's day rather than on the Sabbath day. Now, of course, as believers, we could worship any day. We could worship on Saturday, Wednesday, whatever. And by the way, we should worship every day. But we have chosen to meet as a body of believers on the Lord's Day, on the, the, uh, the first day of the week. And every time we do, we likewise celebrate the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's alive. That's not just for Easter Sunday. That's every Sunday. He arose and he's alive. So we're not worshiping on the Sabbath. Get that down. We're worshiping on the Lord's Day, worshiping on Sunday. Likewise, did you know the Sabbath was given to Israel, not to the church? The Sabbath was given to the people of Israel, not the church. Jot this reference down. Exodus 31, 16 and 17. Therefore, the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath to observe the Sabbath throughout their generations of a perpetual covenant. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth. And on the seventh day, he rested and he was refreshed. Deuteronomy 515. And remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt. And the Lord your God brought you out of there by a mighty hand and by an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. So we understand and hopefully accept. And this may be a new concept to you. Because there are those who refer to Sunday as the Christian Sabbath. There are Christian Sabbatarians and and those who want to say that. But listen, we're not worshiping on the Sabbath today. We're worshiping on the Lord's Day. So here's the question. Do the rules that apply to the people of Israel, do some of those rules transfer to today? Is that why some of you couldn't go swimming on Sunday afternoon? Some of you couldn't throw a ball. You couldn't do anything outside of 
eating and going to church and napping. Well, let me give you a fourth thing. We already know that we're not worshiping on the Sabbath. We're worshiping on the Lord's Day. The Sabbath was given to Israel and not to the church. So the fourth thing, nowhere in the New Testament, nowhere in the New Testament are Christians commanded to keep the Sabbath. In fact, the command for the Sabbath is not repeated in the New Testament, although the other nine are. Now, you really need to write this reference down, these next two. Colossians 2, 16 and 17. Colossians 2, 16 and 17. Listen to what the Bible says. So let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbaths, which are a shadow of things to come. But the substance is of Christ. Write, write this reference down. Romans 14, 5 and 6. Romans 14, 5 and 6. One person esteems one day above another. Another esteems every day alike. Let each be fully convinced in his own mind. He who observes the day observes it to the Lord. He who does not observe the day to the Lord, he does not observe it. He who eats, eats to the Lord, for he gives God thanks. And he who does not eat to the Lord, does he does not eat and give God and gives God thanks. So think about that for a moment. Nowhere in the New Testament does it tell us as believers that we're to keep the Sabbath as Israel kept the Sabbath as a law. It's not repeated. In fact, uh, uh, John MacArthur says it's actually nullified there in Colossians 2, 16 and 17. The fifth thing, and you really need to jot this one down. And I really want you to think of it for a moment. Jesus is our Sabbath rest. Jesus is our Sabbath rest. And I want you to hear this. I just read to you Colossians 2, 16 and 17. Let no one judge you in food or in drink as regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbath. Now listen to verse 17, which are a shadow of things to come. But the substance is of Christ. And then listen to Hebrews 4, 9 and 10. There remains therefore a rest for the people of God. For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. There's a rest for the people of God. Jesus is our Sabbath rest. You say, what do you mean by that, preacher? What does that mean that Jesus is our Sabbath rest? Well, listen to how one of our seminary presidents, Al Mohler, explains. He says the most important issue of Sabbath rest in the New Testament. Is that we rest in Christ and we rest from our labors, from all efforts to be saved by our works. We cannot work for our salvation. We may only rest in Christ and in Christ we find total rest. We rest from our labors to save ourselves. We rest from our works as God did from his. The Sabbath is fulfilled in Christ and is tied to belief. This rest is accomplished by the atonement of the Lord Jesus Christ, perfectly accomplished for us in that he paid the penalty for our sins. You see, the Sabbath in the Old Testament was a shadow of the Lord Jesus. And we rest in him. The Lord Jesus fulfilled every single law. Yes, he kept the Sabbath. Yes, he fulfilled the entire law. He in perfect righteousness. And we now are in Christ. We stand in Christ. And Jesus is our Sabbath rest. So five things very quickly we've laid out there. We're not worshiping on the Sabbath. We're worshiping on the Lord's day. It was not given to the church. It was given to Israel. Uh, 
Jesus is our Sabbath rest. Nowhere in the New Testament are we told to observe and keep the Sabbath. It's not repeated there. So that means maybe some are thinking, great, doesn't apply. Let's pray, go home, praise God. Right? That's what some of you are thinking. Well, before you close up shop, while we may not be under the law of the Sabbath, there is a principle of the Sabbath I want to talk to you about a few minutes this morning. The principle of the Sabbath. And it's a principle that we should not only learn, we should also live. Now, we're not under the law, we're under grace. Now, let's go back and read that command again. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, you nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. The Sabbath principle, two things, two great truths I want to impress upon your hearts this morning. Number one, we're supposed, we're supposed to work. We're supposed to work. Look at verse nine. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. Now, contrary to what some believe, work is not a result of the fall of man. Work is not a result of man sinning. Before man ever sinned, before Adam and Eve took of that forbidden fruit, whatever fruit it was, the apple gets a bad rap, but it doesn't say it was an apple. It was a forbidden fruit, whatever it was. Before they ever sinned and disobeyed God, we read in Genesis 2.15 these words. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend it and to keep it. And so right away, God says, listen, Adam, here is your job. I want you to tend the garden. I want you to keep the garden. I, I have a job for you. I have responsibilities for you. And joy was a um, work was a blessing and it was a joy. Now, after Adam and Eve sinned, after they disobeyed God, his work was made harder. We know that ladies childbirth became much more difficult and painful because of sin entering into the world. But listen to Galatians 3, 17 through, or excuse me, Genesis 3, 17 through 19. Genesis 3, 17 through 19. Then to Adam he said, because you've heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree which I commanded you, saying, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you. You shall eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you are taken. For dust you are, and to dust you shall return. You and I are supposed to work. Now listen, if you're trying to work so hard to put aside so much money that your kids don't have to work, your grandkids don't have to work, stop. You'll ruin them. God intended for us to work. We're supposed to work. You say, well, wait a minute, preacher. That's in the Old Testament. That, 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 that's Sabbath. That, that, that doesn't apply to us. Well, wait a minute. Let me give you some New Testament verses then. 2 Thessalonians 3.10. For even as we com- were with you, we commanded you this. If anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. Let me give you another one. Ephesians 4.28. Let him who stole steal no more. But rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. God intends for us to work. 
For some, we work for a paycheck and we get paid for our work. For others here, you work and you don't even get paid. We think about the homemakers and the mothers and those who stay on with little children. You work and you work hard. For some, it's hard physical manual labor. For others, it's mental labor. You're behind a desk or whatever. But God intended that we are to work. And listen, God gave us a gift when he gave us work. Now, sad to say there are those who want to give that gift back. (laughs) Our world, our country is filled with folks who think that they're not supposed to work. They don't have to work. I believe we'd follow the scripture. A little bit of hunger would go a long way in changing their mind. If some will not work, neither shall they eat. I'm not talking about those who are unable to work, those who are disabled and cannot work. Not those who choose not to work. God says, listen, you work or you go hungry. Just plain and simple. Our God is a worker. It says there in this passage, verse 11. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Our God is a worker. The Lord Jesus was a carpenter. He did not have band saws and table saws and all the wonderful switches that we have to flip on and and do things easily. Imagine how hard it is to do everything with your own hands and to do the carpentry that went on back then. Paul was a tent maker. Peter was a fisher of fish before he became a fisher of man. We're supposed to work. Now, you know what? In a congregation like this, in a setting like this, many say, amen, amen, amen. And we do that. But when we get to the next part of the principle, something gets caught in our throat and we have difficulty. Because we learn not only are we supposed to work, we learn secondly, you ready? We're supposed to rest. We're supposed to rest. When God gave the Sabbath to Israel, it was meant to be a blessing, not a burden. Now, if you go back and read the New Testament, Jesus and the Pharisees kind of butted heads a lot because the Pharisees had added all these rules and all these regulations and all these things about the Sabbath day that God never intended. In fact, Jesus said in Mark 2:27, he said the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. God had a purpose in giving the Sabbath. It was not to serve the Sabbath. It was to serve man and serve God. God in, in, had for their good and his glory in mind uh, this command and he gave this to them. And it was not a suggestion. It was a command. It was serious business. Exodus thirty-one fifteen says work shall be done for six days. But the seventh is the Sabbath of rest, holy to the Lord. Now listen, whoever does any work on the Sabbath day, he shall surely be put to death. That's how serious the Sabbath was in Israel's life. If you worked on the Sabbath, they put you to death. You said, really? Yeah, really. Listen to Numbers 15, 32 to 35. Now, while the children of Israel were in the wilderness, they found a man, listen, gathering sticks on the Sabbath day. Please get that in your mind, what he's doing, gathering sticks. Verse 33, and those who found him gathering sticks brought him to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation. They put him under guard because it had not been explained what should be done to him. Then the Lord said to Moses, the man must surely be put to death. All the congregation shall stone him with stones outside the camp. I want you to see this was serious business. Now, listen, by the way, if you those who want to go back under the Sabbath, no, thank you. 
No, thank you. I don't want to be under that. Thank God I'm not under that. I'm under grace, not the law. And those who want to practice the Sabbath and be Christian Sabbatarians, they want to take part of it, but not all of it. God says, listen, you work, you die. I don't want to go there. Praise God, I don't have to go there. Jesus is my Sabbath rest. But does it strike you that God felt so strongly about the people resting one day out of seven that he made it a law, not a suggestion, a law, and he put it right up there in the Big Ten. He put it right up there with thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, and thou shalt not commit adultery. He took it so seriously, he says, listen, you will rest one day out of seven. Look at verse number 10. The seventh day is the Sabbath, the Lord your God, and that you should do no work. And not only you, you nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your not even your cattle could work. Nor the stranger who's within your gates. No one could work. And God says, listen, I set that principle back and, and I set that down at the beginning. And he mentions about. The creation. If you go back, he says in verse 11, for in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them and rested the seventh day. Here's what it says in Genesis two, one through three. Thus, the heavens and the earth and all the host of them were finished. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. Now, listen, God did not rest because he was tired. God grows neither weary nor weak nor tired. He didn't rest because he was tired. He's God. He's perfect. He rested as a model He rested as an example. He sanctified and hallowed the seventh day. Now, listen, we're not bound by this command, but we're wise to follow the Sabbath principle. You say, preacher, what is the Sabbath principle? We need a day of rest. One out of every seven. We need to rest. Now, for some Sunday might be that day. That might be the day that you have off and you come and you worship and and you have off today. For others, Sunday may not be a great day for that. Now, remember, Sabbath doesn't mean Saturday. It means rest. Some have to work on Sunday. We have hospitals, doctors and nurses. They they have to work. Uh, We have firemen and policemen. They have to work. We have military people. They have to work. You know what? Preachers have to work on Sundays. Did you know that? Sunday's not a day of rest for me. Uh, some days I do good on a Sunday to even sit down in, in, my, in my recliner. Ministry goes on outside this hour in this pulpit. I've got to find another day to take a day of rest and practice the Sabbath principle. Now, we live in a day where the idea and the concept of rest is almost, dare I say it, considered dirty or wrong or, or slothful. I mean... Rest. Listen to what Jesus said in Mark six thirty to 32. And the apostles gathered to Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. And he said to them, come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. 
For there were many coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. So they departed to a deserted place in the boat by themselves. Listen, we have to rest. We need a Sabbath. Not a legalistic thing. Not something under the Old Testament law. Not not a legalistic have to, but a grace-filled get to. I get to have a Sabbath. This might be a new concept. You say, what in the world are you talking about? The Sabbath principle. It's a day of rest. You say, well, preacher, what does the Sabbath look like? I mean, what do you do on a Sabbath? Well, let me give you several suggestions. And these are suggestions. Number one, you rest. That's what Sabbath means. You rest physically. Can Can I give you a little help here today? Did you know it's okay to take a nap? Now, don't do it now. (laughs) Try to wait, but it's okay to take a nap. It's okay to relax. It's okay to rest your body. Did you know that? We have to rest physically. We need to arrest, arrest, arrest. We need to rest emotionally. We need to do something that recharges us. We need to maybe spend time with friends and family and those who would help us to rest emotionally. Maybe activities that help us emotionally. We need to rest spiritually. We need to spend time with the Lord. By the way, if Sunday is your Sabbath in the sense of the Sabbath principle, you're already doing that. You're you're worshiping, you're rejoicing, you're serving on this Lord's Day What could also be your Sabbath, the Sabbath principle? We take time to rest. You need to rest. Listen, there are some people that the most spiritual thing they could do would be to take a nap. Need to rest. Number two, we need to reflect. These are suggestions. We need to reflect. In other words, what's great about taking one day out of seven is it gives you a moment to catch your breath and look back at what you have done. Reflect on that. And then also not only look back, but Begin to look forward at what's ahead of you to see where you're headed, to see what's coming, to see if you're going in the right direction. We rest, we reflect, we rejoice. We rejoice in God's goodness that God gave us all these things. We rejoice in God's gifts. We spend time worshiping and praising and honoring the Lord who set down the Sabbath principle at the very beginning. As he said on the seventh day, he rested. Now, some I know, I know what you're thinking, preacher, you don't understand. You don't understand. I'm too busy. I can't take a day off. I know. I feel the same way. I'm too busy. What you're really saying, though, what we're really saying, we say that we're saying, listen, we're more important than God. And we're more important than Jesus. Because God rested on the seventh day, didn't he? The Lord Jesus, as a Jew, perfectly kept the law. He kept the Sabbath under the law every single week. Now, God rested and set that principle down. Jesus rested. Now, what about you and me? Are we really more important than God and Jesus? I mean, listen, why do some people become workaholics and they never stop working? That they never take a day off? They're so busy they can't even come to church. They can't even worship. They can't talk to anybody. They're just so busy doing it. Why is that? Well, I think there are a couple of reasons. Let me give you just two. I think, number one, there's the issue of pride. There's the issue of pride. People think they're indispensable. The world would stop if they took a day off. 
The nation would fall into the sea if they took a day off. Now, they wouldn't verbalize this. They wouldn't say this, but they live it. Listen, can you trust God to handle things one day out of the week while you take a Sabbath? Do you really think that you're that important? Do I really think that I'm that important? Listen, if you died today, they'd find somebody to take your job next week. Oh, that hurts. I know. Listen, my name's on that sign up. They're in movable letters. Miss Lynn could just take them right off. Y'all didn't put it in stone. You put it on the movable letters. If I died, I hope you'd mourn, but you'd say, we need a pastor search committee. We need a new pastor. We're not as important as we think. You're busy burning the candle at both ends and you think, oh, I'm so great. Listen, you're not that bright. You're going to burn out. As Jesus says, you've got to come apart. If you don't come apart, you're going to eventually come apart. There's six days to do all your work. And by the way, can I give you another great profound truth? It's never done. Your work is never done. There's always something else you could be doing. There's always something else on the to-do list. Take one day out of the week and practice the Sabbath principle. Others become workaholics under this prime issue because they want the affirmation. They want to be known as the hardest worker. They want to be known as the one who never takes a day off. They want to be the best self and the best employee. Listen, we're to labor for God, His honor, His glory, and His approval, not man's. Pride causes that. Second thing I think is problems. Problems. Say, what do you mean, preacher? Well, I believe some people don't want to be still and be quiet. They don't want to rest. They don't want to reflect. They don't want to spend time with the Lord. Why? Because of unresolved issues in their lives. Some have been doing this for so long. They've let relationships suffer because they're busy working all the time. They don't want to deal with the problems and the issues at home. They don't want to be quiet and allow God, the Holy Spirit, to speak to their heart. They don't want to slow down. They don't want to stop. They don't want to consider their relationships and their marriage and their kids and all that's going on. They don't want to slow down because they'll see all the potholes that are in their lives. Instead of stopping, they just drive faster and faster and faster. But what often happens, beloved, they eventually break down from the wear and tear and are forced to stop and be still. Ron Mel, a pastor in his book on the Ten Commandments, wrote about waking up in the ICU. By the way, that's not a pleasant place to wake up, isn't it? None of us desires to wake up and say, oh, I hope today I wake up in the ICU. But Ron Mel found himself. And here's what he said. I pastored the same church for 25 years. It's my life. I love the Lord's people. I love my responsibilities. I love being a shepherd. And through the years, for countless weeks at a time, I've been at the church seven days a week. Not five, not six, but every day. But, but the heart attack. And a couple of other bone-jarring bumps in the road was a very stern reprimand from God. I had violated the Sabbath principle for my life. He was telling me, I love you, son, but this is not an option. These are not the ten suggestions. You see, we don't stop. We don't stop. We don't stop. Eventually, we wear out, burn out. We might find ourselves waking up forced to stop. Forced to rest, forced to reflect. Would you be real honest today, Christian? Would you be real honest? Are you practicing the Sabbath principle? Now, I know there are challenges in doing this. 
As someone said, the Sabbath, the path to Sabbath rest is always a contested path. There's always reasons why you shouldn't rest and you can't rest. We've got to come apart. We need the Sabbath principle operating in our lives. We're not under the Sabbath law as the Jews were. No one's going to stone us if we don't. But listen, the Sabbath principle is still for us. A man was passing by a coal mine in Pennsylvania on a Sunday. And he saw a bunch of mules out in the field. And he thought it was kind of interesting. And he's kind of curious. And he asked a boy nearby what these mules were used for. The boy said, the boy said this. These mules work in the mine all week. If they were not brought up on Sunday, they would go blind. You know what? If we don't take at least one day out of seven, we're in danger of growing blind to what is really taking place in our bodies, in our minds, in our relationships. When we don't practice that Sabbath principle. Matthew 12, 8 says this, for the son of man is Lord even of the Sabbath. And the Pharisees had a problem with Jesus and what he and the disciples were doing on the Sabbath day. And Jesus says, listen, I'm Lord of the Sabbath. I'm Lord of the Sabbath. I wonder today, is he the Lord of your Sabbath? Are you practicing the Sabbath principle in your life? Yes, I know. And we hopefully are clear that the Old Testament Sabbath is not for us today. And we're not bound by that. But there's a principle here that we should be bound by out of grace and wisdom to keep the Sabbath. Now, I want to challenge you to remember the Sabbath. Remember the Sabbath. To practice it in your life. To take one day out of seven, you say, oh, I'm so busy. Yes, I know. I am too. But there's wisdom, beloved, in practicing what the Lord set down so long ago at the creation. As he modeled and displayed that when he had finished his work, he took a rest. You and I need that rest as well. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. And as we close our service today, maybe you say, preacher, I don't even... Know that Sabbath rest you talked about, which is found in Jesus. I need to be saved. Well, friend, today's today. Repent of your sin and place your faith in the Lord Jesus. Then others, you have that settled today. You know the Lord Jesus and you know your home is heaven and you know that things are right between you and the Lord, but you're not taking any time to come apart. Why? Why are you not practicing that Sabbath principle? Is it pride? Is it problems that you're not dealing with in your life? I wonder today, would you come to the Lord and give him that pride, give him those problems? Will you begin to come apart? The Sabbath before you literally begin to come apart. What is God speaking to your heart today? Will you be responsive? Will you allow the Holy Spirit to have his will and way in your life? I know these may even be very new concepts to some today. But would you allow the Holy Spirit to have his will and way in your life? Father, I praise you that Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath. 
And as believers, he is our Sabbath rest. We rest in him and him alone. Not in works which we have done, but in his righteousness and his finished work. Father, I've done my very best today to explain from your word the Sabbath. I pray your Holy Spirit to work and move in the lives of these precious people. If anyone here today does not know Jesus, I pray today will be the day they turn from their sin and place their faith in Christ. And then, Father, I pray for believers that you would work in our lives. And I pray today we lay down our pride, our problems, whatever it is, is keeping us from the wisdom of practicing and remembering the Sabbath. Bless this invitation, I pray, and get much honor and glory to yourself. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.